I'm Jessica, and this is Homecoming, finding yourself in life's little moments. Hi, dear listener. Well, I'm sitting on, once again, one of my favorite sandstone rocks overlooking the vast Pacific facing east. It's probably 1.30 in the afternoon and it's as blue a day as they come. The water is as clear as I've seen it. Stretching out before me, the waves are quite mild and there's this gorgeous green turquoise hue to the water. And it's so clear, you know, I can see all the contours of the rocks and reefs below. I'm sitting up on a bluff, so I'm looking down into the world of the ocean, you know, before me, below me. And the wind is a fairly stiff northwest. The atmosphere is very clear, which is a relief. As some of you may know, Recently, and we'd be talking, you know, second week in, a, in November 2019 now, there have been and continue to be raging bushfires throughout Australia, particularly in the state in which I live, which is New South Wales. And the extent of the bushfires is such that people are saying it's beyond anything that anyone can recall in their lifetime. And I'm in Sydney, which is generally a a pretty built-up, you know, sort of region, but at the same time, the habitation is interspersed in some areas, like where I live, with brushland, you know, natural bushland. And two days ago, the temperature reached into the 90s, and uh, that was combined with a very strong westerly wind, which means a hot wind. It means that that wind was coming from the the red center of Australia. And the dryness of the wind combined with the heat and the sun and the fact that there's been less than adequate rainfall, particularly in other parts of the state, less so in Sydney, we've had some rain, but in other parts of the state, there's been and continues to be intense drought. So all of these factors combined to create uh, circumstances that lend themselves to, you know, extraordinary conflagrations. And in fact, Sydney two days ago for the first time was issued a catastrophic fire warning, and that has never happened before. The air was full during that day, um, you know, of the of the smell of smoke, you know, blessedly, and, and you know, some friends from the states have have contacted me and said, you know, am I okay? And thankfully, I can say yes, I am okay. I certainly am right now, okay. And uh, but you know, other parts of the state and other people certainly haven't been. And as I was saying in Sydney. Um, the 
you know, there are areas where there's natural bushland that surrounds homes and enclaves of, of dwellings and buildings and so on, and those were particularly at risk and continue to be, you know, if these conditions persist, which I think they're saying they probably will persist, we'll see, hopefully not, but um, something like 500 schools were closed because those schools were located likewise in proximity to to natural bushland, and so they didn't want to be in a position where they'd have to evacuate the, um, you know, the children. So they didn't, uh, they kept the schools closed two days ago. So here I am on this very beautiful, glorious day where the wind has changed. The fire warnings have uh, been retracted, although there are fires still raging in other parts of the state. And the fires have been so bad, dear listener, that there are places that people thought would never burn that have burned. Places that are deep in the rainforest where fire has never, you know, not in living memory um, uh, managed to to access, you know, because of the generally damp dampness of the rainforest. Um, and these places are very sacred places. They're sacred to the first peoples of this land, and they're, they're sacred to the people who have come since then. And they're, you know, extraordinary stands of, of ancient eucalyptus trees and so on. And some of these places have, have burned. Um, as well as as places where there have been wildlife refugee refuges, you know, koala refuges, um, and this has also been a tragic thing. So sometimes, dear listeners, you may feel yourself it becomes really a lot, you know, to bear to see so much destruction and to see so many people being uh, affected, you know, by this this kind of thing. And, of course, we're so interconnected now, wherever it's happening in the world, we seem to hear about it. So I want to, in that light, share something with you that is quite beautiful. Because, you see, I'm realizing now that having moved here two years ago and then about one year ago, having decided or sort of been kind of (laughs) through a number of blessings, uh, you know, had a door open for me to begin my own little music school, I'm finding that I have now over 30 children. So over 30 children every week come to me to study piano, keyboard, music. And uh, so, you know, as we grapple with the state of this planet, It's becoming clear that, um, you know, we are affecting life on this planet like sort of at no other time to an unprecedented degree. I'd like to share some of what is happening in this little music school for a particular reason. Because as a dear friend of mine, Daniel Pytek, who is a wonderful intuitive healer and guide and has helped me enormously in the last few years, um, reflected to me on the phone the other day, he said, uh, he said, you know, you're doing something for those children that is really, really needed. And I think I've been doing this, you know, quite a while in my, in my own way, dear listener, you see, but sometimes when somebody reflects to you what you're, what you're accomplishing, it actually helps to crystallize your own mission and your own value system and your own purpose. And that's what that, uh, you know, that's what that's done. So, 
from the beginning when I began to teach piano, which was, oh gosh, I mean now 38 years ago, I always, I, I think for some reason I, it occurred to me to just allow a person, a student really of any age, to sit with me at the keyboard and to improvise, to create their own um, original music and duet with me. And I would provide these beautiful sort of background chords that would allow them the freedom to really essentially dear listener it would allow them the freedom to become themselves to hear the voice the musical voice the sensibility the wonderful quality of what is inside of them you know what's inside of them so I've continued to do that throughout the course of my my teaching career (laughs) and here now I'm living in Sydney Australia you know 11,000 miles from where I come from originally New York having set up this little school, which I sort of, with a smile, have called Miss Jessica School of Music. <laughs> so that indeed is a kind of what is happening, and students come to me, you know. And uh, the other night my friend Daniel said to me, he said, you know, what you're doing is actually incredibly important because children are going to need to feel confident in who they are in order to navigate the challenges that we are facing and that will probably increase in magnitude and um, seriousness. So I want to share a few little kind of vignettes from Miss Jessica's School of Music because I tell you, dear listener, that um, it really is a delight. It really is a delight. And it's a balm and an antidote, you know, to all that, all that uh, ails us. So I began to teach a little girl named Ava. She began lessons with me. Um, Well, maybe it was a a couple of weeks ago. And we sat at the piano. And uh, she was very young. Had done a little music before. And we began to create improvised music together. And it was just delightful. It was just delightful. And at the end of it, you know, I turned to her and I said, that was so fantastic. And she was so delighted. She was so delighted. And the next week, she brought me a picture. Because you see, dear listener, art and all kinds of different modalities, creative modalities are open to my students. On the walls of my little school, (laughs) there's a whole section that's just for the students' pictures. That's the gallery. And they bring hand-colored, drawn, painted images, and we put them up on the walls. And one of the things also that can happen is that I encourage them when they're listening to the music that they've created, which I'll send to them, which I send to them in an audio format, I say, you know, now you go and hear the music you created today. You go here and, you know, go home and listen to the music I'll send you that is the recording of our duet, you know, of the beautiful thing that you did. And if you want, you know, you can create a picture while you're listening. So... The next week, Ava came back with the most darling image, okay? And it was of her and me at the piano. 
and two big hearts and then all above it there was do 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 da 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 do 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 and I can't help but think of the police song do 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 da 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 that's all I want to say to you you know it was just (laughs) running through my mind when I saw Ava's little picture but even more than that I mean that's just it's the song that just comes to me it was so delightful and her picture was so delightful and it was like full of the most incredible joy so I uh you know she gave it to me and she said this is for you and um I put it up actually you know right above my desk and um it's part of what inspired me to make this podcast together with what happens with all of my students it's just an incredible thing so when these little students make drawings for me the kinds of things that they draw are hearts and keyboards with wonderful bits and pieces of black notes along the way you know and us sitting together at the keyboard like Ava did and then you know a hundred notes coming out or a rainbow coming out or a waterfall you know one girl drew herself at the piano with a waterfall and she said it was like a cascade you know it was like music was like a cascade so these are the images a cascade and and rainbows and hearts right love you know do-do-do and da-da-da and all of the other kinds of things that come, you know, to my students when they're playing and thinking about their music and singing and just delighting in what's inside of them. And when I'm delighting, you know, what's inside of them. I have pictures of leopards and zebras and giraffes and earthworms that are striped in the most carefully striped way. And uh, you name it, there's all sorts of there's all sorts of stuff on my wall. And every morning, that's the first thing I see when I leave my, you know, sort of when I come out and and come into the studio. That's the first thing that, uh, you know, those images are the first thing that I see. So the thing about it, dear listener, and the thing that I've been thinking, you know, with uh, sort of inspired by what my my friend Daniel said to me, you know, is that um, is that. I feel actually now that there's quite a significant purpose beyond what I even sensed and could cognize even a year or two ago, let alone 38 years ago when I began to do this, which is that when, when, when a young, that a young person now is going to need the very thing that can be awakened in them, which is confidence in the deepest part of themselves what it is that's naturally inside of them with their creative spirit with the fact that what comes out of them unbidden and get when given the opportunity is inherently beautiful inherently real and true and good and that you know the best possible thing I can do now really and I do it through music I'm blessed to be teaching music because music is is such an easy way to access this part of a person you know it's just amazing and they can sit at the piano no matter their age no matter anything and they can begin to create incredible music and they can hear it themselves and then they can find a way you know I I, when I record it for them and they hear it back they have a way to 
here. You know, you might remember way back in the in the day, <laughs> there was an old picture of the first Victrola, which was like the first record player, and the ad, ad- advertisement for that um, was of a a dog sitting listening to the long, huge cone coming out of that record player, and the the caption to that was he hears his master's voice and when we hear the music that's inside of us we're hearing ourselves it's like we're hearing the part of us that is capable of mastery of utmost creativity that's driven by inspiration that is the source the fount the the wellspring from which Everything and anything can come, you know, and I see it over and over. And what tends to come, dear listener, is I observe, you know, the students in my midst, these beautiful students in my midst, and the pictures and the music and what they're creating, the songs and everything, is that this is inherently, it's, 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 there's the quality of love and of joy and of goodness. And so that's what I thought when I got Ava's picture you know, and I think it was just one of those things that made me feel I had to make this podcast because when I think about the challenges we face, you know, there is something there that's inside each of us that's the source of the um, solution. It's the source from where we can find that can give us a way to move forward. So with that, dear listener, I will bid you adieu here from the shores of the Pacific, from Sydney, Australia, on this glorious day. We're here. It is blessedly free of smoke and where the sun is shining and where these beautiful children are making this beautiful music. So I wish you the very best and hope that wherever you are, you're okay. Take good care. And thanks so much for listening. All right. Bye for now. Bye.